This is Amy Bowen. This is my Dog Days of Podcasting episode for Tuesday, August 23rd. Welcome to episode 2 of Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew. I'm especially excited to bring you this episode of Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew. It's the one I've been talking about on several of my other Dog Days of Podcasting episodes. The one where I was wearing my Jedi costume in a very, very early and still unfinished state, and also talking about it. The audio you're about to hear was recorded on Sunday night, February 28th, 2016, at Stu's place, and it includes an essay that I wrote about... Star Wars and Samurai and how they're connected to each other. I highly recommend going and reading the show notes for this episode at ameliabowen.com because they have the references for the essay that I wrote and more importantly they have a picture of what my costume looked like back on the 28th. This episode also has some post-movie chat in it that I hope is pretty interesting. The post-movie chat in question was recorded with my blue snowball microphone, So I apologize for the audio quality and the levels and the random shifts in amplification. There were some people who were closer to or further away from the microphone, and I've done my best to compensate for that. Also, F-bomb warning for this episode. No, not me, one of my friends. That means that when Movie Chat with the Movie Night crew finally gets its own RSS feed, it will be this episode that is the reason why it has to have the iTunes explicit tag. And not the Zardoz episode, as I originally thought it would be. But that's a story for another time. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Movie Chat with the Movie Night crew. Welcome back to Movie Chat with the Movie Night crew. Tonight, I have a specially made essay that I, that I wrote for this occasion, which will explain what we're watching. A long time ago, in a movie studio far, far away, there was a film director named Akira Kurosawa. We've seen several of his movies at Stu's previous movie nights. We've seen Yojimbo, we've seen Rashomon, and tonight we're going to see The Seven Samurai. All three of these films belong to a film genre called Jidai Geki. The name means period drama in Japanese, and films in this genre are set in past areas of Japan's history, most often the Edo period, which was from 1603 to 1868. Jidai Geki films usually tell the stories of the lives of the farmers, craftsmen, merchants, and of course, the samurai of that period, and they often feature sword fights between samurai. The three Kurosawa films I mentioned, as well as his others, were and are very well-known and influential in the film world. In the early 1970s, these films were a tremendous source of creative inspiration for a young man by the name of George Lucas. A great deal of the inspiration for his film's visual style came from Kurosawa's work, and so did part of the inspiration for the story of his most famous film ever. One of Akira Kurosawa's films was titled The Hidden Fortress. The story of that film is told from the point of view of two bickering peasants who split up, then are miraculously reunited, then fall in with the main heroes of the story by chance, and get involved in their daring plot to rescue a princess and get her to safety. Does any of this sound familiar? (laughs) For one of his early synopses of the movie now known as Star Wars, well, 
now we know it as Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, Lucas borrowed the pair of bickering peasants who are the point-of-view characters in The Hidden Fortress and turned them into R2-D2 and C-3PO. In fact, this early synopsis has often been summarized as The Hidden Fortress in Space. Kurosawa's work influenced not only the visual aesthetics and plot of the Star Wars saga, but also the characteristics of one of its most prominent groups of characters. Although the term Jedi is often said to have been derived from the genre name Jedi Geki, in an interview he gave to the New York Times just prior to the special edition releases in 1997, George Lucas said that it had originated in Edgar Rice Burroughs' Mars novels, where Jed and Jedak are titles of nobility. Whatever the origin of the name may be, in many respects, the Jedi Knights are Kurosawa's samurai heroes translated into a space fantasy setting. Both groups follow a strict moral code, are fighters in the service of causes and ideals, and, of course, are master swordsmen by definition. Lucas encouraged his audience to associate the Jedi with samurai by giving them a similar traditional style of dress, which I am modeling tonight. This is what I've completed so far of my handmade Jedi outfit, which looks more like a samurai outfit right now, since I don't have all the accessories yet. Most obviously, I haven't had a chance to get my own lightsaber prop yet, or the proper style of belt, but I will have them in time for convention season. For tonight, though, my outfit is complete with a samurai sword, which I borrowed from Jared, an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. I'll make sure to post a picture in the show notes. Before we start, here's one more bit of trivia that connects Kurosawa's samurai warriors with Lucas's Jedi Knights. When George Lucas was casting his new movie, one of the actors he was considering for the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi was none other than Toshiro Mifune. Mifune was the lead actor in many of Kurosawa's films, and his character in The Hidden Fortress had been one of the inspirations for the character of Obi-Wan. However, they were never able to come to an agreement, the part went to Alec Guinness, and the rest is history. And now we will take our first steps into the larger world of the Seven Samurai. May the Force be with us. So what did everyone think? It was great. How, who's not seen this before? Yo. Most of us, I think. I've okay. seen bits and pieces, but I've never seen it all the way through. Yeah, I, I have, Michaela has, and, and Amy, that's it, I think. Okay. I, I was good. I had I had seen it before, of course. Wait, is this supposed to be on three? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I had seen this before. Um, I swear, one of these days I will get one of the little handheld recorders. It has so much better range. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't really have anything prepared for after this. But, man, that was really, really, really good. Better than I remembered. I kind of have more interest now. It's weird that I have more interest now that I'm doing it as a hobby, as and not as an academic pursuit. Um, it probably didn't hurt that you had friends in here that were, you know, yeah, making it. references. Uh huh. In some cases, pants. Yeah, yes, that helps. <laughs> Whereas in school, you're not allowed to point out lack of pants. Senpai! <laughs> the problem with, with um, appreciating any piece of literature 
in a school setting, you know, when, when, it's, mm-hmm. when you're being graded on it, is well, first of all, you know you're being graded on. Yeah. Secondly, you're going to watch this movie and you're going to be writing a paper on it here in two weeks, uh-huh. so you don't have time to really soak it in and appreciate it. I mean, right, right. If we were doing this for a class right now, I'd be saying, like, okay, here, this is your syllabus. You got to get this paper written. Right. You got four other classes that are doing the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the worst than that is when they give you that stupid questionnaire mm-hmm. that has like fifty questions on it, and you don't even have time to write down one before you've missed the answer to the next, so you have no idea what's going on. Those are bad. Oh, I love yeah. No, I describe myself. I never had a problem. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take I take it, Kara. You were like me. You actually would be filling it out while you're doing it without even really looking at the paper much. No, I just remember the movie when I watched it. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. My problem was always that I, I do the thing of total focus when I'm watching a movie generally, so usually this talking thing that we do occasionally here bothers me, but okay. I've gotten used to it in this social setting. Okay. Yeah. My problem was always that I'd be trying to write down like a really detailed answer to whatever the stupid question on the sheet was, and then I'd look up and realize we're four questions down the page, and I have no idea what the answer is to the other three questions that I missed. Well, I liked it when the teachers were like, there are 70 questions on this. You only need to answer 10. Right? <laughs> oh, good! <laughs> like, I think that's the only ones I can... I don't have time. I never had a problem if they asked you to write a paper, because usually my teachers gave us the topic beforehand, so mm-hmm. you kind of had an idea in your head, and you'd jot down maybe a couple of notes but you can just look it up afterwards and you can mostly focus on watching the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the questionnaires are... Yeah. I don't recall mine making us take notes, nor do I recall my teacher or professor making us write a paper either. But um, we were mostly just watching movies to get a feel for the culture as best as I can recall. But, Mm. But anyway, it was pretty... It was a pretty cool and interesting class. It was... I think it must have been a... Was it your Japanese class or was it a Japanese... It was a a Japanese culture um, fairly present. It wasn't the actual language class, no. Right, okay. It was one of the culture classes. So we had like a three and a half hour block. I I took a Japanese culture class and it was horrible. We had to talk about Hello Kitty and why she (laughs) has no mouth the whole time. Hello Kitty has no mouth because she can't can't tell military secrets (laughs) and she has no mouth. Oh, oh my god. Something like that. Like, you can't think or something like that. Like, yeah. oh, oh. I wish we'd watched Seven Samurai in my Japanese culture class. I might have actually gone more than like three times. <laughs> I almost feel like we should have had rice balls. Yeah. <laughs> if I'd have thought about it before, I know of a place where I can get them. But... Oh, I really? brought my rice there's a, there's a um, grocery on. What's that street that I quick shops on? Oh, gosh. Um, I know which In one Asian you mean. Yeah, Asian Market. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's 78th. I don't oh, know. Really? You go down past, there's Quick Shop, and then there's somewhere. Oh, two, my God, it's fun. Tokyo Story. Oh, we should do that. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. That's two, two weeks, weeks from now? That's, that's the movie we're watching with Jesus. With Jesus. Jesus Christ oh, Superstar. We're putting Tokyo Story, okay. With <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> no, Superstar, um, yes. <laughs> so what's a pair with Jesus Flatbread, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Wine. Wine. Fish. Mm-hmm. No. What? <laughs> That's all like they fish. ever eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm kind of with them on that. I, I was just... Well, actually, actually, if I bring fish into, like, tuna fish, fish, like... Mm. Well, you can't really get good fish around here anyway, so... Mm. Yeah. 
Well, we've we, we kind of straight off topic. We went totally no, off maybe, topic. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's quite all right. We can wrap this up. Oh, I'm not rolling it. Okay, there. We have... I mean, it, it was an extraordinary achievement of, of, of Kurosawa's, really. I mean, he had us... This is a film in Japanese that only a third of us here speak. <laughs> and, and, I mean, we, he, he had us on, really on, our, on the edge of our seats for three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's, that's, that's a heck of a deal. I mean, because you, and it, I like the, the pacing of the, of the film was, was really extraordinary. Because you have this very deliberate assembling of the group. I mean, this is not, uh-huh. they're not thrown together. You get to know each man's story. That's right. Um, I don't remember names of characters near, nearly that well, but I could. But we, we're all saying, well, the one who's dressed as a merchant, the mm-hmm. one who was the woodchopper, um, the, right. the young man, the clown. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, had, we used to know these guys' characters. They are all they're all very distinct folk. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he takes a good long time introducing them. I mean, it's, it's a lot of films don't do that. They they want you to try and get a character in thirty in thirty seconds. Yeah, that's right. Which so, generally means we don't care when they die. Yeah. That's right. right. That's true. Here we're that's, that's a, a chronic problem of today's stories is that when people die, you haven't gotten enough time to actually care about them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, well, whatever, that one's gone now. And this one, they took the time for us to care, but they did it in a way that didn't make us bored out of our mind. Right. That's yeah. right. You didn't realize you were caring until it was too late. Uh huh. Like, you didn't realize it was three and a half hours in until it was. Three and a half yeah. hours in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. And you all are absolutely right. It was a great three and a half hours. Yep. And uh, you you saw how I was staring at, at that. I was at that last where they were all looking at the graves of the four samurai who died during the battles. I was like, what a shot. I mean, yeah. I didn't notice anybody like, staring. I was staring. And that was where I cut my audio off that night. Not sure what I was thinking there, but I'm still learning. That'll do it for this episode of Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew. See you next time. The theme music for Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew is Look Busy by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The transition sound effect came from freesound.org and is licensed under a Creative Commons Public Domain 1.0 license. <laughs>